You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 128 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you from Miller Park. Brewers and Padres in the midst of this three-game series. The crew sitting at 65 and 51 on the year, getting ready for games two and three of this Padres series. Crew's been playing good baseball here recently. They've made a bunch of additions. We'll get you caught up on some of that. And then, of course, on the horizon, a big three-city road trip three games in Atlanta, two games against the Cubs in Chicago, and then three games against the Cardinals in St. Louis. Last three-city road trip of the 2018 season on the horizon for the Brewers. There's been some player involvement. There's been some player action, if you will, over the last week or so since we last talked. When we last talked, the Brewers had added Jonathan Scope on a deadline deal. They've added a few more names into the mix including Jordan Lyles, who comes to the Brewers by way of the Padres. Brewers made a waiver claim and were awarded it for Jordan Lyles. This is a right-handed reliever that has good stuff, throws in the mid-90s, has been back and forth between being a starting pitcher and a reliever over the course of his career. Uh, This year he has been out of the bullpen uh, 16 times. He's made eight starts for the Padres, pitching to a 4-2-9 ERA overall going to be working out of the bullpen for the crew and Jordan Lyles joining the team on Tuesday activated on Tuesday and Matt Albers going to the 10 day DL with hamstring tightness Brewers also put a waiver claim in on Ariel Hernandez and Ariel Hernandez who is 26 years of age out of the Dominican Republic a lot of control he's not a free agent until 2024 big arm upper 90s fastball he has made 19 appearances for the Reds this year. A 5.18 ERA is pitched extremely well down in minor league ball in AAA with Louisville. He's put up some good, good numbers this year uh, for both the Dodgers and for Pensacola, actually, I should say. Uh, he was in Louisville a year ago for Cincinnati, but this year in Pensacola, three appearances, didn't give up any runs. And then Oklahoma City, because he was also in the Dodgers organization this year, and in Oklahoma City this year, he put up a, a 3-2-0 ERA, 3-2 record in 21 appearances. So uh, an intriguing guy that certainly has the ability to uh, impress and, and gives the Brewers another option in that bullpen just to, to kind of lengthen things out, give them some more depth. He's been optioned to AAA Colorado Springs, so he will not be with the big league club, at least not right out of the gate. Brewers also made another trade. John Perrin, who's been a Brewers farmhand over the last couple of years and has been between AAA and AA over the course of this season. The right-hander traded to the Kansas City Royals. Sal Biasi comes back in that deal. Biasi is a second-year pro from Penn State, 22 years of age, from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, actually. is 11th-round pick in 2017. 
by Kansas City. He goes to the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers and will be in Class A ball. One of the things that trade does is John Perrin is a guy that was potentially going to need to be put on the 40-man roster or be left exposed to the Rule 5 draft. Not that uh, he was necessarily going to get picked in the Rule 5 draft, but he could have been. And uh, it, it's a guy that the Brewers don't have to make that decision on now. They get a piece back in Salbiasi, and uh, Salbiasi won't have to have a decision like that made on him in the immediate future. And the Brewers think Salbiasi has good enough stuff that he can potentially work himself into prospect status with the right combination of things and development moving forward. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Salviasi and his development moving forward for the crew. So those are some of the player moves. As, as we told you, the Brewers uh, right in the thick of things still in the NL Central in that neck-and-neck -neck battle with the Cubs. And then in the wild card, Brewers still out in front of the wild card battling with Atlanta, who they're going to have this weekend. Uh, the Dodgers in that mix. The Rockies, who were just in over the weekend, are in that mix. And then the Cardinals still involved. So uh, you can say the same thing, I think, for the Washington Nationals and the Pittsburgh Pirates as well. All those teams still within um, you know, a few games of each other, four, five, maybe six on the high end. But the Brewers leading that entire group. So if season ended today, the Brewers would be postseason bound, which is certainly an encouraging thing. Jonathan Scope, we told you about him, Brewers acquiring him last Tuesday at the deadline. I had a chance to catch up with him uh, before he'd even put on a Brewers uniform, before he had stepped onto the field for the first time as the Brewers' second baseman, and I had a chance to talk to him about coming over from Baltimore in that trade and what it would be like for him back at Dodger Stadium when he made his Brewers debut. Time to catch up with the crew. Second baseman, infielder, Jonathan Scope, acquired at the trade deadline, literally at the deadline. Uh, kind of a, a whirlwind couple of days for you, but I'm sure you're glad that it's behind you now and you get to be a part of a, of a playoff push over the next two months with the Brewers. Yes, yes. Um, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it's over with. And, you know, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here and trying to win some balls and trying to play October baseball. You have been a part of some really good teams in Baltimore. You've been a part of postseason baseball. What do you think you can bring to this clubhouse that already has quite a bit of that now with Mike Moustakas, who's won World Series, Lorenzo Cain, who's won a World Series. You played against them in the 2014 ALCS. You guys all have a, a lot of postseason experience now all of a sudden in this clubhouse. Yes, you know, I play against Moose and Cain um, in 2014. They, they beat us to go to the World Series, um, to go to the World Series. So, um, you know, I'm just going to go out there and do the things that I love to do, play baseball and play hard, you know what I mean, and help if uh, if it can help, you know, like I think if I go out there and trust my teammate and, you know, if they see something, they can help me and I can help them, you know, go out there and compete, you know, and just just play ball. You dealt with an oblique issue early in the season and that's behind you. You're healthy now and you're probably swinging the bat as well as you've swung it all season long, reigning AL player of the week coming in. Uh, what has been the biggest difference for you over the last couple of weeks, really since the beginning of July? Um, I, started, I, start, I started a little bit slow, and then I got hurt. I stayed off for a month, and then I came back. I was trying to do too much. You know, I was 100%, but I was trying to do too much, too much, and then, you know, I didn't find myself. You know, they gave me pitch to hit, and I missed him. I, I, I fouled it off, you know, and 
I gotta give credit for my hitting coach, you know, Scott Cobal over there. They helped me, you know, and keep late with me sometimes, stay hitting, you know, and watch video and trying to help me out. So, you know, and then I kind of figure out, you know, we're gonna get a groove early hitting and then, you know, I find myself a little bit, you know, the pitch that I was missing, you know, I put it in front, I put it forward. So it's, it wasn't necessarily get a hit, but just to barrel the ball and put it put it in play. And from there, the ball started falling for me and then I started eating up. You're known as a very good defensive second baseman. There's a chance you're going to play a little shortstop here also. And while people talk about the five games or so that you played at shortstop at the big league level, you played it a lot in the minor leagues coming up. Yeah, yeah. I signed, I signed as a shortstop. You know, I play a lot shortstop in the minor league. So, you know, um, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to win. So whatever they want me to do, whatever Craig want me to do, you know, I'm here. So if I have to play shortstop, I'm ready for it. You know, I'm ready for it just to go out there and just to see my name in the lineup, you know, that's that's the that's the that's the the feeling, you know, I just want to see my name in the lineup and go in there and play baseball and trying to win. You're back with Wade Miley, a guy that uh, you've been teammates with for a, a lot of your career. Uh, what was your guys' relationship like, and how excited were you to see him when you got here? Um, yeah, I was excited to see him. You know, I got in the bus. You know, he was there. You know, excited to talk with him. You know, me and him used to play chess against each other over there in Baltimore. So excited to see him, and excited to have him as my ultimate. You know, and I asked him right away, like. You know, like what what I have to expect, like what like what they gotta do, so what the rules you gotta follow and let me know before I get there. So say no no no, you know, you're just re like relax and you're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun here. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Does that make it easier to have somebody that you can kinda go to to say, Okay, what are the do's and don'ts in this clubhouse? Yeah, yeah, it's easy. It's easy to go to him and ask him, you know, and then I play against a lot of a lot of those guys too. You know, I play against like Moose, Kane. Travis Shaw, I was teammate with him in the Far League, you know, Pierce, all, all those guys I play against, I'm ready. So I know I'm ready, so it's, it's easy, you know. And I kind of, you know, we was watching the game too, you know. Sometimes you, you put a TV on, the Brewers playing, you know, I stay and watch him, and they are fun, man. I, and okay, Aguilar, I play against him since Dominican Summer League, so I know him very well. Ironic for you that you had an emotional goodbye with Manny Machado when he got traded to the Dodgers, and now here you get traded, and your first game with the Brewers against Manny Machado. Yeah, that's that's fun. That's fun. You know, when when I was getting traded, he texted me right away. He said like, "I'm gonna see you again." You know, I'm gonna see you again. So excited! I'm I'm excited to go out there and play against him and, and beat him. Jonathan, welcome to the crew, and thanks so much for giving us some time. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm glad to be here. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. Thames bust onto the scene in 2017 with the 31 home runs, that 11 home run month of April to kind of announce himself back to Major League Baseball. And it was a great year last year for Eric Thames. This year has been hurt a little bit by the injury at the end of April, and that kept him out of a lot of action until June, essentially, for Eric Thames. However, however, when you look closer at the numbers, there's some interesting things going on here. 31 home runs in 2017 for Eric Thames. He has 15 so far in 2018, but again, the game's missed. So if you look at plate appearances, in 2017, 17.8 plate appearances per home run. In 2018, 14.8 plate appearances per home run. So it shows you that Eric Thames is actually hitting more home runs per less plate appearances than he was a year ago in that big season that he had for the crew. He's actually 
on pace for 37 home runs this year if he hadn't missed the time. If you just pace it out to the same amount of plate appearances that he had last year, then Eric Thames would have 37 home runs this year. He's not going to get to that mark because he's not going to play in enough games or have enough plate appearances, but it's a pretty impressive thing for Eric Thames and the numbers that he's put together so far this year. Okay, Wade Miley has been pitching really well in the Brewers rotation. I had a chance to catch up with him after his big start against the Dodgers out in L.A. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, In 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every, every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, uh, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was... Uh, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in uh, trying to do too much. Now for the clubhouse conversation. Chatting with Brewers left-hander Wade Miley, who was tremendous last night, seven innings, two hits, and no runs allowed. Uh, your best performance in a Brewers uniform. You had a bunch of them already, but uh, you had it all going last night. You had to feel really comfortable out there. Yeah, I mean, I think, from the start of the game, me and Kratz were working good. We got into a pretty good rhythm. Was able to get ahead of some guys, um, which always helps, especially at this level. And um, just kind of puts you on the offense more, forcing hitters to, to try to hit your pitch. And, and, the, and the defense was, was on point last night. You mix it up. It's always been kind of something that you've done. But uh, the curveball last night specifically, I thought, was really sharp for you. Yeah, I did. I had, I had a – it's probably the best curveball I've had in a while. I was able to throw it for strikes, throw in the – the dirt when I needed to, mix speeds with it. So um, it was definitely an effective pitch that, that made the cutter and the fastball a little bit better. You've had a lot of success on the mound this year, but it's been a tough and challenging year for you all the same with the injuries and it looked like you're going to make the rotation coming out of camp. Then you have the injury late in camp. You come back, make a nice start in Cincinnati, and then start number two. You go back on the DL. What's kind of gotten you through all of this? Because it, it, when you've been back, you've pitched at a very, very high level. I mean, I just think, I mean, guys go through worse all the time. You know, I was unfortunate, a few injuries, but just try to stay positive and, and just know that if I can get healthy and stay healthy, that if I can pitch the, the ability I know I can, then I can help this team. And that's just, that's kind of the side I kept. It was a little tricky at the end of spring because you, you were on a minor league deal, but there was something about this opportunity that you must have really liked and, and, and working with the front office to come up with something that would allow you to stay with the organization and, and have this chance with the Brewers. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I kind of fell in love with these guys in spring and just blessed they gave me the opportunity, you know, to sign me on a minor league deal. And uh, like I said, fell in love with them in spring and felt like I had a pretty good spring and put myself in a position. And, and just seeing how these guys went about their business in the clubhouse, even in spring, I just I kind of wanted to be a part of it. And I, and I was open to, to kind of whatever David had in plan, and, uh, and it worked out. You already mentioned the defense. Kane pulls back a home run last night off of Cody Bellinger. He made another really nice play on Bellinger yeah. uh, when he hit a ball to left center field earlier in the game. When Kane pulled it back, <laughs> and, and I don't know how much you can actually say on the radio, what was your reaction at first when you saw him pull that thing back? I mean, obviously a lot of emotion going on. Like You're competing in a, in a big league game, and then for I mean, Kane to make a play like that, obviously – I don't know exactly what I said, but I, I was I was pretty fired up. You know, I was, it was a one to nothing ball game. It kept us in. It gave us a chance, and uh, it's just a huge play right there. I, I, I try not to get too emotional out there, but in a, in a situation like that, thought I gave up a homer to tie it up, and and for Kane to go pull it back, it just I was pretty pretty fired up. You pitch really well, specifically in this ballpark. Can you put your finger on why? 
No, we were talking about it earlier. I don't know if there's a, something in the backdrop where like, I don't. I, I literally have no idea because I faced the Dodgers in Arizona a couple times. It didn't go near as well. So it's not that not a Dodger thing. So I, I, I literally I have nothing. Well, Jonathan Scope is in this clubhouse now. Uh, your teammate with the Baltimore Orioles. You guys have been teammates a lot throughout your career. A guy that you know very, very well. What is he going to bring to the table, not just on the field, but also in the clubhouse? He's going to fit in really well in this clubhouse. He's a uh, he likes to have fun. And, and, and he plays the game hard, plays the game the right way. Obviously, we know he can hit, pick it at second base, but just a, a genuinely good good human being that uh, I think is going to fit right in. You go back to last year, this Brewers team finishes 10 games above 500, a game out of the playoffs, and, and everybody's talked about the Brewers being a young team for a long time, but there's a lot of veteran experience right now in that clubhouse. When you talk about yourself, and, and Jonathan Scope's 26, but he's played in the playoffs, and Mike Moustakis and Lorenzo Kane and Ryan Braun, all, all these guys have a lot of postseason experience. Travis Shaw with the Boston Red Sox as well. This is a clubhouse that has a lot of postseason experience all of a sudden. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you can look at the age part of it, but like you said, there's a lot of younger guys on here who who play the game, and, and not in a bad way, but they, they have veteran leadership, which is it's, it's huge for a team. It's huge for the clubhouse, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of postseason experience here. Guys know what it takes to get there, and uh, we just got to – Kind of keep taking it day by day and, and, and see where it gets us. Wade, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yep, thank you. Checking in on the farm. As we go down on the farm, going into Tuesday night's action, the Colorado Springs Sky Sox 59 and 52 going into Tuesday's action. The Biloxi Shuckers sitting at 24 and 20 in their second half in the Southern League South Division. Of course, they are already headed to the postseason because they won the first half. The Carolina Mudcats sitting at 20 and 21 in the Carolina League Southern Division, and the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers sitting at 21 and 23 in their second half, tied for fifth, seven games back in the Western Division of the Midwest League. And then the, the rookie, Helena Brewers, off to a pretty good start to their second half in the Northern Division of the Pioneer League. They're 6-5, and five and they're three games back. They'll be fighting their way uh, into a hopeful postseason appearance. The Arizona League Brewers, they're 7-4 and four in their second half and currently sitting at two games back in the Central Division. So the Brewers have a chance to have some pretty decent representation postseason-wise when you look through the different levels. Colorado Springs is certainly not out of it. Biloxi's in. The Mudcats are not out of it, although they're five and a half games back with less than a month to play. That's going to be tough to make up. The Timber Rattlers, seven games back with less than a month to play. That's going to be tough, but the Helena Brewers certainly right there, and the Arizona League Brewers are certainly right there as well. Some interesting names. The minor league players of the month for the Brewers were Corey Ray, and Weston Wilson for the month of July. Both had big time months. Corey Ray led the Southern League in home runs with 11. Extra base hits with 20. Total bases with 76. Slugging percentage at 628. Scored 25 runs, 27 driven in for the month of July. Just an outstanding month of July for Corey Ray. Weston Wilson led the Carolina League in batting average 436. Hits 41 on base percentage 481 and OPS 1.162. He was second in runs, total bases, slugging, third in RBIs with 23. Big time, big time month for Weston Wilson uh, as well. And Bryce Terang, by the way, is off to a really good start over the course of his 
career as a professional. The 2018 first round pick for the Brewers. He is 8 for 20 since being promoted to the Helena Brewers in the Pioneer League. Four runs, a double, two RBIs, four walks, a steal as well. In 18 games between Arizona and Helena, Brewers' first round selection is 23 for 67 with 17 runs, three doubles, and nine RBIs. 13 walks and nine steals as well. Very impressive stuff. The Helena Brewers, by the way, have four members of their team in the All-Star game this week. Catcher David Fry, Chad McClanahan, LG Castillo, and right-handed pitcher Wilfred Salaman. All were in the All-Star game tonight in Grand Junction, Colorado. Here's what's on tap. Okay, here's what's coming up for you. The Brewers and Pirates meeting in an exciting rivalry showdown at Miller Park Friday, August 24th through Sunday the 26th. Of course, uh, Friday the 24th, that's a 710 start performance t-shirt. First 20,000 fans courtesy of Master Printwear. It's also student night. High school and college students can get tickets for as low as $10 and enjoy a special $4 menu through the first inning. Saturday the 25th, that is Peanuts Night. That's a 610 start. Brewer Snoopy Bobblehead with special ticket package. Brewmaster shirt as well for the first 10,000 fans, 21 and over, courtesy of Miller Brewery Brewing Company. And then Sunday, August 26th versus the Pirates at 110. Lorenzo Kane Bobblehead. All fans, kids ice cream Sunday as well. Kids 14 and under can enjoy a free ice cream bar courtesy of Blue Ribbon Classics. Lock in your seats. Visit Brewers.com. And by the way, the Brewers going over 2 million fans on Tuesday night at Miller Park. Pretty impressive stuff for this organization. Okay, that's going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you again next week from Chicago as the Brewers will be locked into a battle with the Chicago Cubs. Have a great one, everybody. I'm Lane Grindle. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.